Welcome to the Plan Simple Podcast. I am your host, Mia Moran. Moms have the power to change the future, but not if we're stressed out and exhausted. Looking at food, lifestyle, spirituality, and work, the Plan Simple Podcast is for busy moms who want to create a healthier and happier future. Listen in for inspirational conversations and valuable strategies to plan for your best life. Hey, you guys, welcome to this episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. On this episode, I get to talk with Carrie Connolly, who calls herself a writer, speaker, coach, and Jesus freak of the progressive sort. She's hard to put into a box, can you imagine? But she is somebody who gets the idea of flow in a major way. And you're going to love what she has to say about all areas of flow, food, lifestyle, um, and work. But I ask her a lot of questions about the OM part because that's what I was really interested in teasing out of her today. So you're going to love this episode. I can't wait for you to hear it. And before we dive in, of course, I have a couple of announcements. Number one, talk about flow. The flow planner is on its way, you guys. So many of you pre-ordered it back in December and it is just on a boat from China. It has been a long labor of love. I have learned so so much about my own balance in the process. And I'm so excited to get it into the mail to everyone who's ordered it when it arrives in just a couple of days. So that's really exciting. And then learned so much. So the production procedure will not be this lofty ever again. Hopefully there will never be a break in flow planners because I want to get them into as many households as possible. So I could really eventually use your help with that. So I'll I'll give you more tips on that as we come up. But as the flow planner comes, I'm, you know, I'm not going to hold my breath till I see it, which will hopefully be on the next, next week's episode. I'll hopefully have one in hand. Um, but as it goes out, there's going to be some really exciting things coming up. One of them is a five-day flow challenge where we're all just going to do little things every day that bring us closer to flow. So look for that coming up in May. May is my birthday month, you guys. It's not till the last day or the second to last day of May, but... I love celebrating during my birthday month. So look for that coming up. And then the first day, second day of May, actually, the beginning of May, the first week of May, on May 2nd, if you're in the Boston area, I'm giving a talk and having a a hosting, co-hosting a full day retreat called Solopreneur. And solo is S-O-U-L instead of S-O-L-O-preneur. So if you're an entrepreneur listening to this and You want to come learn about really creating the next 90 days that are going to get you where you want to go, both in your work, but also in your family life and with your food and think summer, then this is where you're going to want to be. And the link is in the show notes. So go there to get it. That's the easiest way I can explain. You can also search for Solopreneur on Eventbrite. And I would love, love, love to see you there. Um, I will be speaking. I am co-hosting it with two amazing women who are yogis and meditation experts and dance experts. So there's going to be lots of fun movement throughout the day. Plus, two amazing people are going to come teach one about Facebook Live and the other about speaking and finding clarity in what you do. That's Dolores. She's actually been on the podcast before. So I hope if you're in the Boston area or in the New England area and you're an entrepreneur, 
that you would come to this because you would love it. And it's going to be a really fun day and we're going to keep it small and intimate. So it will be a great time to get to know each other. So I think those are the two announcements I want to make coming up the flow planner and coming up even sooner, the live events and there'll be even more in May, but those are the two things I'm going to leave you with today. So without further ado, let's get the amazing Carrie on the episode. Hello, Carrie Connolly. Welcome to the Plan Simple Podcast. I'm super excited to have you here today. Thank you. I am excited to be here. I know. It's fun to have uh, – you have a podcast too, so it's always fun to talk to somebody who who does this on a regular basis. <laughs> yeah. I'm just getting started though, so I'm, I'm a newbie in the podcast All world. Right, good. So this yeah. is like practice. Well, we can, it is. Yours is yeah. So yours is in doubt yet. Uh, no, it's not. It's it, it's in production. Um, I've got a couple of first few interviews uh, in the can, and I'm just waiting for the the original music. All to... right, all right. So we'll we'll yeah. make sure to post a link to that once it once well, it's out. Yeah. So tell us a little bit. Like, give us a little background, and then we're going to dive into the juicy stuff. So tell us a little bit about where you're coming from, both as a mom and in the the work that you're balancing with motherhood. Mm. So that's interesting because, you know, lately there's been this buzzword about um, work-life balance or work-life integration, right? And I think the work-life integration is a much more appropriate phrase because work-life balance, it kind of gives everybody this, this idea that things are always going to be equal and equal equals good. And that's just not true. <laughs> So that's definitely not within a given day. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Maybe over time. Right. Exactly. It all balances out eventually. But um, at any one given day, there's going to be one thing that's just, you know, maybe driving you crazy or giving you more joy than another. Um, but so where I come from is I, my husband and I both work from home. So we, you know, he, he works, he's got a corporate gig that lets him work from home, but I work from home uh, running my own business as a coach and a writer. And uh, I'm currently in seminary. So I'm also going to school, which was kind of a surprise. I wasn't expecting that. And I have uh, these two young, gorgeous, amazing kids who are uh, nine and 12 and they're in school. And so we are all kind of just doing our thing. Does that does that- I love that. Well, and it's so cool that you're both at home. It's funny because before we went live, um, my hubby's still home right now, but he doesn't usually work here. <laughs> so, yeah. so that's a whole space thing to carve out during a work day. Oh, yeah. Definitely. I, I'm, I have a very generous husband and he yeah. usually relegates himself to the couch <laughs> at the office. <laughs> I love that. I love that. It's, yeah. just, it's all about boundaries, right? To get all this exactly. Done. Totally, so totally. I feel like you're leading that. I loved reading your bio because, um, and it's funny because I'm going to fully say this out loud to you while while you're here, but also to our listeners. I don't always talk God. I don't always like. I don't always talk religion on this podcast just because it started mm-hmm. off being about food. Mm-hmm. And I have kind of, in full disclosure you know, I'm coming into my beliefs, I grew up in a very Catholic family. Mm -hmm. And so I've sort of had to redefine what what spirituality means for me. And -hmm. it's interesting, because food actually really started that for as I changed my food, which was, you know, eight years ago now, Um, that sort of kick started a whole bunch of stuff. um, Because it really, uh, I feel like I was living in a fog food wise before, Mm -hmm. which sort of kicked me out of (laughs) 
of any sort of spiritual practices. Yeah. So just for everyone listening, I want Carrie to talk however she's comfortable because that's what's going to make us see like what an amazing person she is. <laughs> um, and part of the whole new flow pra- practice is fitting spirituality into your life. And so I know that you're going to have some really good 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 tidbits about that because when i read your bio and it was like you coach people you you know learn all about jesus and you sell skincare like i don't know it was yeah i'm all over the place this woman does i know but it's like you do all these things you're passionate about yeah yeah i feel like there's so many people who go through life and can't find that because we either get stuck in corporate or some people Mm -hmm. get feeling like they get stuck in motherhood (laughs) Mm -hmm. and we don't find those little things that really pull us forward. Yeah. I, I am so passionate about helping women, especially, um, really take those leaps into the unknown because I, first of all, it's not really that unknown. I, I think we all have, maybe some of us have stopped listening to it, but we all have this voice inside of us. That's, that's, this gift to the world, right? That we all have something that we were created, I believe, to to go and give to the world. And the thing about it is it's never going to be just about us, right? And that's one of the ways that we can help identify what what our gift to the world is, is when we realize that the thing that we're going to do is, is going to help other people. It's not just about us. So if I wanted to start open, for example, a hair salon, I, if my purpose for opening a hair salon is just to make money, it's, I'm sure it can be successful, but it's not going to be the thing that fulfills you. But if you are opening a hair salon because you're really passionate about helping women feel beautiful, um, and changing their lives and helping them build confidence. I mean, cause we all know the difference between a good hair day and a bad hair day, right? Like everybody knows what that means, right? I don't have to explain. And so if you're, if you're out there helping more women have better hair days more often, then that's going to make the world a better place, right? Because when when people are equipped to live confidently into their talents. And so there's a big difference between those two hair salons, right? And I think we all have these passions that and these things and we just maybe don't know how to turn that into a thing, right? Maybe we like maybe we love uh, working with senior citizens and we love to play piano, but we don't know what to, what those two things have to do with each other or how to make them into something that could benefit the world. And so we just let those two passions kind of languish and never do anything with them. Even though we might have this feeling like, Oh, I, I know that there's something I'm supposed to be doing in the world. Right. And so I love to kind of help women put those things together. So that's what I do when I coach people. And, um, and how did you, how did you, get here so did you ever have a moment where you had didn't find these passions or you got taken away from you sort of it, yeah it, well the very first story it all started with a farmer's market I'll be honest. so oh, I know that's good. Sounds, I, like that. I know yeah right and so I was um I used to be a total couch potato and and I discovered martial arts and that kind of shifted me out of my couch potato years and um that put me on this cycle of of really uh, wanting to eat healthfully and to exercise. And I had this corporate gig many, many years ago. I was working in corporate and I was driving past. Uh, it was a beautiful, like sunshiny day in the, in the beginning of spring. And I passed a sign while I was driving for a farmer's market. And immediately I just got this image in my head of me wandering through a farmer's market and, and collecting all these gorgeous fruits and vegetables. And my mouth started watering. And I was so excited to go to this farmer's market. And then I saw the smaller print on the sign that said, it's 
only from on Fridays between nine and 12. And I realized I couldn't ever have that. Like it was this aha moment. Like I couldn't ever have that lifestyle because of my corporate job. And that was, yeah, it was just, it was so, I got so frustrated. And so, oh, after that moment, and that was the beginning of my searching. And it was, it was probably a good few years because I left corporate because I had my, my little girl. Um, and it was a few years before that happened. And it was then after I was at, but I had, by the time I left, I was already searching, you know, I was already trying to figure out what, what my, my thing was. And then, um, when I had her, it was, I was home for maybe not even a year with her before I was like, you know what? I need a little more than this. Blue's Clues is just not going to cut it for me. Like I need, I need something else. And that's how I started into the, getting in, my feet went into the entrepreneurial world. And then years later, as I was uh, getting certified in my coaching career, I took a values assessment. And that's when I realized that I would never be able to work for somebody else. I, because freedom is my number one value and my personal value. And that's when I realized, wow, I'm always going to have to kind of do this. And I say have to, because sometimes entrepreneurism is really hard, right? Sometimes it's, it sucks. It's not all about getting to the farmer's market every Friday. <laughs> no, it's definitely not. In fact, the funny thing is, is like, what, 10 years later now, it, it, no, more than that, fif- almost 15 years later now, I only just had the epiphany that, you know what, I need to get my butt to the farmer's market. <laughs> that, that was my vision. I need to go do that. And I started doing it this past summer. Oh, my God. I love that. I love that. Yeah. So that's a great, great story of starting. And then, and then, so you've had the gift of being able to be an entrepreneur while your kids, cause your kids are nine and 12. So while your kids have been growing up, that's, which is amazing. And I, I have a similar, a similar story. I was in a different entrepreneurial area. I was a designer for 15 years, but, but it's, it's such a blessing to it, it have is. that time. Yeah, it is, it my is best. Blessing. I worked a lot, but I didn't have to pump. <laughs> that was that's my story. Yes, exactly. In a nutshell, right? Yeah. That, yeah, exactly. And that's that's awesome, you know. And and it's great that my kids can have me home, and that uh, they can they can look through my glass doors of my office and see me here, and they can do the little you know charades when I'm on the phone, and be like, "Can I have an ice pop?" And yes. you know, that's always fun. Yeah. So so we talk a lot about the little things that we can start to plan to make space for mm-hmm. the next thing. So maybe we should, we could dive into, I, I feel like there's probably a lot of people listening who either, um, you know, are in that place that you were in in corporate or are just in motherhood or even in entrepreneurship, but just not a hundred percent sure that like their true passions are making it into their daily life. And I know Uh, that like you have other passions besides the stuff that makes money. Like it sounds mm -hmm. like you do martial arts and Mm -hmm. you're in seminary school and doing all these, you have all these passions that make their way into your life. So how does one start to make space for that? Like, how do we, and it's funny, your book is pause. I was going to say, how do we pause? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The book is pause. Um, so you know, the, I think the first realization that you have to have is that nobody is going to make time for you in your schedule to work on your passions. And so you have to be the one to do it. Um, and even though it doesn't feel like it, if there's one epiphany that people can have is that even if it doesn't feel like it because of your, your commitments, time is truly the only resource that you have that is completely and 100% in your control. You know, you, let's say you have a corporate job, you're, 
and and I, I I please understand that I am saying this with full understanding, and I'm not saying saying to somebody to irresponsibly go and quit their job today. You know, like that's not what I'm saying. Well, but what some I'm people s- probably belong in corporate, right? I yes, mean, absolutely. Some people who their passion is either unrelated or it ties in somehow to some totally. Totally. You know, and sometimes, you know, you need a corporate job to support your passion, right? Until, until you get there. But, but what I'm, what I want people to have, the epiphany that I want them to have is that their decision to work in a corporate job is based on choices that they're making according to the lifestyle that they want to lead. And that's totally cool, right? That's totally cool, but it's still a choice that they're making. And the reason that I want to make, it's not to guilt anybody, but it's to empower somebody to help them understand that, Every time that they decide to stay late at the office, that is still a choice that they're making and they can make a different choice if they want to. There, there may be consequences to it and, and those consequences may or may not be worth it. But my, my purpose in, in making that distinction is to just empower people and to help them under, give them the, to, the, the ownership of their own time back to them, right? So that they can understand that they can choose to sleep or they can choose to wake up a little early um, and or stay up a little later and journal or work on their dream project or, or do whatever. Or they can choose to go out for the, the working lunch on Friday or they can choose to go to a park and work on their dream project, right? So time is your number one resource. And when you learn to spend time like you would spend um, money or you would spend something else. Like if you, uh, maybe if you, if you budget your calories or if you do anything like that, like whatever kind or making decisions on food, you, you need to budget your time in exactly the same way and make the decisions for self care, make the decisions for, um, your dream project and make them priorities. Yeah. And it's interesting. It's time is such a hard, the things we learn about time, I feel like are, are there, there's some undoing around that that usually has to happen because we have so many um, ideas of like how long things take. So like my best mm-hmm. example is last year when I was on book tour, I took my three kids out of school for the year. Mm-hmm. So listeners know that. You might not know that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I took my mm-hmm. kids out of school and we drove across the country and I homeschooled them or unschooled them or whatever it was. But mm-hmm. it's about midway through the year, my son was like, I really think I should catch up on math. And hmm. so we sat down with an entire year's curriculum and for an hour a day for four weeks, he got through it. Wow. And I was like, it's so interesting to me. Like, I know it takes more time to educate more children, but I think that's how a lot of our life works. Like, mm-hmm. we think that we need to work 40 hours a week, so we fill it. You right. Know? And it's like, we think something takes this long, so we fill it. And I'm always surprised when, you know, little things don't actually take as much time. Yeah. I, and my mind thinks they should. It's so true. So I always usually, usually what I do is I work in 90 day sprints. That's what I, how I work. The planners in 90 day sprints. See, doesn't that work out? But yeah, it's a great, it it just makes so much sense. 90 days just makes so much sense for so many reasons. And I usually choose three major projects that I'll work on. Mm -hmm. So for this quarter, it's launching the podcast. I'm always working on, um, you know, making little uh, tweaks to my health and wellness at, you know, and one, one of my projects will always be some sort of self-care related thing. Mm -hmm. And so I remember the first time I did this, where I decided to focus on three things, three of the most important things, um, 
I, one of them was eating well because I had really fallen off this, this, uh, habit of eating well. And I was feeling it in my mind, in my body, in my spirit, cause food affects so much of, of your body, your spiritual body and your emotional and physical body as well. And so I was, I was, um, really paying attention. I really wanted to pay attention to that. So the, what that did by prioritizing, what I said to myself was I said, those three things are going to be the most important. So then when I'm deciding on how I'm going to spend my time, the, those things got put into my planner first, right? Those were the first three things that I made. So that meant that at lunchtime, I made time in my planner to make a salad where before I wouldn't make a salad, I wouldn't eat lunch. And then later on, I would end up having a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, which would just send my blood sugar all over the place. So, you know, it was, it was crazy. And so, uh, and then when I felt guilty, when I, when I started to feel guilty, because women, we can do that to ourselves, we can feel guilty for doing the one thing, because it means the five other things that we could be doing at that moment aren't getting done, right? Mm-hmm. And I, because I had made this agreement with myself where I was going to prioritize for 90 days, these three projects and making a salad supported one of those goals for those, that 90 days, I didn't feel, I could say to myself when that guilt came up, I could say, no, I have prioritized this salad. This, this salad is my priority right now. And it it was very freeing. And, and what was awesome about that was those goals got met because I was focusing on them. Those goals got met a lot faster and they became habits. And soon that that healthy eating just became a routine for me. And then it's not something you have to even necessarily, you have to always make a little time to make a salad, obviously, but you don't think about it as much, which is it, right. It is explained to people, but it's so true. Right. It just becomes, it became my regular way of doing things. Yeah. Yep. And, and I, the other thing I think finds so interesting about that is that you clearly get a lot done, but of those three goals, only one of them was actually work related. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so often, I think when we say like, because I, I'm assuming other people listening have heard the idea of making three goals, you know, at a time, mm-hmm. it's so easy to make those three goals work related, right? Mm-hmm. And forget about all that other stuff around it, which actually really affects the work. <laughs> right. I mean, I'm not, I'm not a health or a wellness coach. That's not the kind of coach that I am. I'm, you know, but you do more work stuff. I do more work. Yeah, I do more work stuff and per- life purpose yeah. stuff, right? That, but I, the one of the first things that I always say to people is you have to be practicing self care. You have to be eating well, nurturing your body, exercising because those, you know, dream chasing takes stamina, and those things are going to help you improve your stamina. So if and and you know you need you need to have the energy and the and the mental and spiritual focus in order to chase down the stuff that God has for you to do yeah. in the world. So. Okay, so that dovetails into my question that I want you for sure to answer while on on this podcast, which is, so given that you have 90 days and you're choosing maybe to put spirituality or some sort of, I guess, dream catching, let's say dream catching. So so Mm -hmm. somebody listening has been like, dream catching, gosh, I feel so (laughs) far away from dreams, Mm -hmm. you know, it's survival, and I'll get to dream someday. So to that person, what... Like, what are, what are things that could be a 90? You know what I mean? Like, let's, let, let's give some tangible ideas. Like, what are some things that could go into a calendar, either as a big goal or just as little goals that sort of start to get you in that direction? Yeah. You're going to feel yeah. like you're even just trying to get in tune with your dreams. Yeah. So, so I have a whole program, um, called joy revolt. It's in beta right now. And it's, it's all focused on, on helping people who go, I know that there's something I'm supposed to be doing. I just don't know what it is, or maybe I know what it is and I don't know how to make it the thing. Right. 
So the first thing that I always say is, and I try to explain to people, and this is also one of those things that you can't really understand it until you understand it. And you, and my job as a coach is to come alongside you and, and help um, walk the walk with you as you go through this, is, to, is taking the tiniest little step will give you the clarity on the next step. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people, when they're at that point that you were just saying, they want to have the big picture. They want to know exactly what it's going to look like. And there's no way that you know exactly what it's going to look like. I had a great idea. I knew exactly how my podcast was going to look or sound when I first came up with the idea and it is completely different, but better. And I think that that is exactly the, the kind of example that, that, um, I would want to use for, for what we're talking about here. So the taking the very first step is what's going to give you clarity for the next step. So what, what might that first step be? It might be as something as small as doing some preliminary research on what you want to start. It might be um, writing down what your idea is, writing down your vision. Sometimes that is such a scary thing just to speak out somebody's for somebody to just speak out their dreams or write them down. It's like they they panic. And and I, I can't tell you how many times, how many clients when I ask them to describe their dream to me, to describe, you know, if if they had all of the time, money, energy and resources in the world, what would they want to do? If they didn't have to worry about or explain themselves to anybody, what would they want to do? And they'll start explaining it. And then they'll immediately start to flow into all the reasons why they can't do it. And I said, no, 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 we're not there. Just dream with me a little bit. And it's because it's because they get so afraid of and and they feel like they need to have all of the things worked out in order just to dream. So some people just need to let themselves dream a little bit and figure out what that dream actually is. And then start taking tiny little steps and, and to find out sometimes the, the, a step is figuring out what you don't know, figuring out what your questions are. A lot of times we have so many questions about what we don't know that we're like, I can never do this because I don't know so much, but just knowing what you don't know is a really great place to start because then you can start going and finding out the answers to the things you don't know. And, and I think the other important thing is, is that you can, one, you can do it in small chunks, right? So yep. you don't need days necessarily. Yep. Like sometimes you could sit down in the right moment and I don't know, showers always do it for me. I wish there was a better writing <laughs> thing in the shower, but <laughs> I haven't figured that one yes. out yet. But, um, but you know, you could sit down and write for 10 minutes. But the other thing that I think, especially as busy moms, we forget is that I think a lot of times we wait for the time to open up mm-hmm. where, and we don't make the time. Exactly. So that's, and that's back to the priority thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the other thing is, you know, to your point, the the great ideas often come at the most inconvenient times, like in the shower, right? Or when you're breastfeeding or, you know, out with no pen. So there are things that you can do to set yourself up for success. If, If you are the type of person that knows that you tend to have great ideas at the most inconvenient times, then plan for that and keep a pen and a pad with you at all times, a tiny little notebook that you get at, you know, CVS for a dollar or something, right? And you just keep a pen with you so that you can always write them down. Use the, I always have my phone with me. So I use note the notepad in my phone or the voice recorder a lot in my phone to capture those thoughts that come to me. Because for me, especially when I write, when for writing the blog mostly, and even for my schoolwork sometimes, most of my stuff is written on a walk or a run. And then I just come back and I write it down. Um 
So usually my blog posts are almost completely written in my head. And then I just come back and, and I get them into the computer. So, but sometimes it's going to be a while before I can do that. So I will, if I get a really great line or a really great phrase, I'll put it into my phone. So there are things that you can do to set yourself up. And so one of my favorite questions that I love to ask people is what can you do today to set yourself up for a win tomorrow? If you're, if you're, if you're doing a part-time, uh, direct sales gig. So I coach a lot of direct sellers because that was my background. So if you, are doing um, direct sales and you know that you need to make phone calls, make sure you always have your phone call list with you. Make sure you always have those numbers with you. I remember one time um, I booked a ton of appointments because I was stuck in traffic. The road got closed right in front of me and I was stuck in traffic for about a half an hour and it was just not moving. So I pulled out my phone. I had my book with me. I pulled out my phone and I was able to to book a bunch of sales calls. in that half an hour, I think I got like five bookings that day. Mm -hmm. And it was because I set myself up for success by always having what I needed with me. So what do you need to do today to set yourself up for a win tomorrow? Always ask yourself that. I love that. And everyone should think that way, whether you're in business for yourself or not. I love that. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Even if it's the win that gets you to the right exercise class or whatever. Right. Or, you know, putting your keys where they, you can find them or filling the gas tank up today instead of tomorrow. You know, all of those little things that can uh, help you be in a a state of flow instead of a state of stress the next day is always going to benefit you. Yeah, I love that. Um, yeah. Okay, so dream chasing. So what? And let's let's go a little bit more. So how did you end up going to seminary school? <laughs> well, because <laughs> that seems that's... like actually, so you basically you're an entrepreneur making a live right. Like you're making yep. the living you need to make for your contribution to your family. Yep. Your mom mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know nine and twelve is you're fully yep. in there. <laughs> Yep, absolutely. You're clearly putting like food and exercise first because you you've mentioned running and martial arts. Yep, yep, (laughs) definitely. So how does how does one fit in going back to school? Like how does tell us a little bit about that? I think God warps time for me is what I think happens because I'm um, actually the the program that I'm in is a very progress. It's a progressive, very progressive school. So if you read my blog, which is Jersey Girl Jesus, I curse a lot. I talk about a lot of social justice issues. I'm I'm not probably I'm probably not the typical Christian that a lot of people are going to think of when they think of that word. Um, And there's a lot of us unbeknownst to most people that are that are like this. And I'm in a program called um, the Open Pathway. It's in Masters of Divinity at Christian Theological Seminary. And what they do is they have a lot of immersion program immersion classes. So we do week long immersion classes where I can go for a week and bang out a whole class um, in one week. I love so, that. I told yeah. you. Yeah. It's, 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 it's all just changing the way we think about time. Exactly. Exactly. And it's it has it's worked amazing. But my journey here is is funny. So it all comes to stepping into what you want to do, right? right? And so the thing that I always knew that I'm really, really good at, and this is this is also part of I help what I help people do is helping them uncover that thing that they just know is their gift to the world. And for me, I have finally admitted to myself that it's writing. Um, When I I have to write, I can't not write. And when I do, it's the thing that always gives me the most, what I call responsive energy. It's the thing that people respond to when I give it out into the world. uh, It, it, it garners a response that's really positive. And so I, um, 
I start, decided to do that. And soon my blog got picked up by Pathos, which is a huge faith-based uh, blogging platform. Mm-hmm. They get millions of uh, page views per, per month. And shortly after that happened, I got picked up by that. Um, I got offered, <laughs> it was really crazy, this big shot theologian dude. In, if you were in my world, you would know him. He's like this big shot. He Facebook messages me one day and I'm like, why is he Facebook messaging me? Like I'm nobody. Why is he Facebooking me? And he's like, hey, Carrie, I'm putting together a tour, uh, a press tour to Jordan. Do you want to go? And I was like, heck no, I don't want to go to Jordan. That's in the Middle East. Are you crazy? Like I had the typical, like, you know, a typical American response. I'm like, I do not want to go. Do you know what they do to Americans in, in the Middle East? least. And it was horrible. But, um, but then as soon as I got over all of my fear, I said, yes, because I was in a, a, a time frame in my mind where I was like, you know what, I'm going to say yes to, I had made an agreement with God that I would say yes to whatever God put in front of me. Mm. And then, and then I get invited to Jordan. I was like, Oh, I didn't expect that. <laughs> um, and so I said, yes. And six weeks later I was riding a camel through the deserts of Wadi room. Oh my God, and that's amazing. Yeah, it was crazy on my way to sleep in a camel hair tent at a Bedouin camp. It was it was it was absolutely amazing. And the people that I met on that trip and the trip itself um, just kind of catapulted. And so more and more people started reading my blog and I started going, I should probably know what I'm talking about, like really know what I'm talking about. I have everything that I write is my opinion, but I should probably really kind of understand what the Bible actually is, what it actually says um, and the open pathway at Christian theological was the, the one that fit my life the best and, uh, fit my, my values the most. Um, awesome. yeah. So, so talk about Middle East. One of the books that I'm, I just recently read and loved, but was recommended to me by Rob Bell, who's another, mm-hmm. um, unexpected Christian yes, person. Exactly. <laughs> well, I met him yes. in person on the book tour in LA and I was like, uh, whoa, that wasn't what I was expecting. Yeah. But, um, yeah, he's great. Amazing. But he yeah. interviewed a woman and I can't remember her name, but she wrote a book called and she went alone. Is that the name of the book? Have you read that? No. She was a oh. journalist and she went to the Middle East. It's amazing. You should definitely read it. I, know I will. Been, but, um, and it's all about sort of being a woman in this crazy. Well, let, I'll just say this. Um, it was nothing that we, most Americans would imagine. It was, uh, it was, we have so much to learn. I know, <laughs> I can, right? Yeah, I can tell you that. It was, uh, it was probably beautiful. some mix of being scary, but being so real and fine, right? Exactly. I it, experienced it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally, yeah. totally. Amazing. Um, all right, so I think that we've like hit a lot. I love it. As, and yeah. Uh, so, and l- we're going to put in the show notes how everyone can get a hold of you because it, it sounds okay. like you have some great stuff going on and we want to hear about your podcast, which we actually didn't get into, but that was another, I always think, I feel like that's a whole other podcast interview because it's, it's about yeah. race. Is that true? Yes. Yeah. It's about race. It's about, um, it's, it's, so I've had a couple of experiences between one of the most, uh, shared podcast or blog posts that I ever wrote was about the take a knee movement. And it was called, excuse me, your idols are showing. Um, and between the response to that blog post and a number of conversations that I've had that I go into in, in the podcast, um, I've just kind of realized that we need to sort of reimagine a, a positive white identity apart from this idea of pseudo supremacy so that white people can start to imagine what what our meaning would be without this 
crazy pseudo power structure that we have called privilege. Um, so it's conversations mostly by white people for white people kind of unpacking our white identity and, and finding a positive identity there. And of course, any good self-reflection needs some positive, uh, you know, objective feedback. So of course we speak with, um, incredible people of color who have so much wisdom to share. Um, I so love that. there's, um, do you know the coach Amy Ehlers? Do you know her work? No, I'm not sure I do. So she has a podcast as well, and uh, uh, sort of last year, and and she she did a lot of interviews about race. Just mm. sort of just to, she's white, and she mm-hmm. just was searching, and she wanted to interview. Um, she just wanted to she just wanted to open the conversation so that families would start talking about it. Her audience's mm-hmm. moms and. Mm-hmm. Um, I will never, I don't even remember who she was interviewing, but I very clearly remember someone saying that, you know, the biggest problem with white people is that they don't know who they are. Yeah. Um, whereas, you know, she was saying us black people, we know exactly who we are. You know, we, we've That's got right. a very clear identity, a very clear past and we know where we're coming from and what we want. And, and mm-hmm. white people are really missing that. So that's very like true. Great conversations. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and good, good and such good. I mean, I feel like so much of what you're talking about is, um, is so good that we can start talking about the, you know, it's dinner table, good dinner table conversation. Yeah. So I'll tune into what you've got to say. Cause we all need to be uh, passing this on to our kids. <laughs> thank you. True. Truth. It's true. Yeah. Um, okay. So this is funny because we did get into food a little bit today, but yeah, when we've recently changed the name of the podcast so that we're just mm-hmm. planning simpler lives versus just simpler meals. Mm-hmm. Um, but the question that I still am feeling like it makes a fun last question is tell us about a meal that had a big impact on you, either because of the food or because of some aha or thing you learned while sharing that meal. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, oh, I have two. I have two things that I can't, that I, okay. So um, one is my morning Christmas morning breakfasts. And the reason, and maybe this is because of what we were just talking about with the race thing. And, um, but the, the two Christmas morning breakfast, um, I always, my parents always come and I'm of Irish descent. And so we always have a big Irish breakfast. We have Irish bangers and eggs and, and we just do it, do it right with, and that's really the only time of year that we have, um, we have Irish bangers in the house and they're so good. Sure I know what ang- Irish bangers are. It's, so it's a sausage. It it's a, it. it's a, yeah, it's a sausage, but they taste, they're very different from any kind of sausage that you get here. Um, but, but I think that it's just something that I love because my parents are here and it's, a, it's a time of, um, of kind of celebrating heritage and celebrating tradition. And so it's just something that I love and I find nurturing. And I think it's uh, something that I'm also valuing right now because my, my parents are definitely, they're getting older, you know, so it's something that's on my mind and I value that very, very much. And then the other, um, the other meal are the, the, is one of the meals that I had in Jordan, uh, in this beautiful, uh, patio, like an, it was like an, an indoor or an outdoor courtyard. So it was in the middle of the building, but these, with these beautiful draping flowers and pita just straight out of the oven, it was still puffed up from the oven and the food just, the, it was just so healthy and, and beautiful. Um, and the fellowship around that meal. And when I think about how prominent, uh, meals are in Christianity and, when you think about who Jesus actually was and the fact that he 
and his table was welcome to everybody. Uh, that's always a challenge to me. Who am I inviting to my table? Who am I leaving out of my table? And when I think about, you know, being in Jordan, he, I walked in places where Jesus would have walked, did walk. And, um, so that was a powerful moment for me. And it makes me remember who am I leaving out because of my preconceived notions or because of my fears or because of, um, what am I missing out on because of that? And I, I just something, it's something that I try to remember all the time. I love that. Well, yeah. and someone went to a big effort to make you an amazing meal, which also I think is something as moms yeah. trying to find our identities have to forget that that's not a bad thing. That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> modern feminism at its best. We, that's can, we right. can spend some time in the kitchen and make some good food and that's right. that might Absolutely. be important to somebody. Somebody might be sharing that story someday. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Well, I love that. Yeah. Well, thank you, Carrie, so much. What is the best website for people to find you at? So they can find everything related to me at uh, com. Okay. And we will put a link to that in the show notes so everybody Perfect. can find you. Awesome. And thank you so much for being here. And we can't wait to see all the stuff that you're coming up with. And we'll also put um, – we can update the show notes because I know that people come back and listen to these after the fact sometimes too. So we'll, once you have um, a link to your new coaching program, share it with us. So Oh, that's on the, that's on the website. That's called Joy Revolt. So there's oh, a link perfect. on carryconnelly.com. Yeah, perfect. awesome. There. You're good. You're ahead of it. Excellent. <laughs> thank you so much. And um, thank you guys. And I'll see you guys in the next episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. I hope you guys love that chat with Carrie. She has such wisdom in her about all things planning and time. It was really, it was a really fun conversation actually for me to have. It happened at a good time in my week. <laughs> so at the end of every episode, for those of you who've listened, you know this, anyone who's new, welcome. What we do is I pick out three doable changes from the episode so that you can really take action on the conversation that you heard and implement some of the things that you've heard into your life. Because we can listen to stories all day long, but if we don't start implementing and taking action and making changes, we just won't feel very good about our days. So number one, the number one thing that Carrie shared was to choose your priorities. The first step to making time for your priorities is knowing what they are. So while it can feel like everything is important, I know what that feels like, what she's asking us to do is choose three priorities to focus on and put first for the next 90 days. So here's a little thing though. What we're going to do is we're going to try to choose two of those three that are related to wellness or a passion project. So something other than work and business. Does that sound like a challenge to you? <laughs> so choose your priorities. That is doable change number one. Three of them. Number two is schedule your priorities first. So if eating healthy is a priority, mark off time to make a salad for lunch. Literally what you would do is put it in your planner before anything else. You might need to schedule time for grocery shopping or to go to the farmer's market. And then if being... Active is a priority to have another example. Put your morning walk and your exercise class on your schedule before you start making other appointments like going to a meeting or going to the doctor. You might have to drop the kids off at school to make it all work, but you know what I mean. Um, so 
do those things, do those three things first. And by the way, this whole concept of 90 days, choosing three things and putting a wellness action first is all built into the flow planner, which is so exciting that we had this conversation because she didn't even know what the flow planner was before we had this conversation. So doable change number one is choose your priorities. Doable change number two is schedule your priorities first. And doable change number three from this episode is set yourself up for a win. So what little thing can you do to set yourself up for a win? Do you need to have a notebook and a pen with you at all times to jot down your brilliant ideas? Do you need phone numbers for sales calls if you're in business in case you're stuck someplace? Do you need the phone numbers of doctors and schools and whatnot if those kinds of things are on your list? Is it something as simple as putting your keys in the right place? That is a big one for me. My husband would laugh if he was listening to this right now. Or putting your exercise clothes out ahead of time so that you're ready for that class that you're doing first because it's on your priorities. You see what I mean? So set yourself up to win, which usually are small little things. And as all doable changes work, what you do is you pick one of these and you play with it for a week. You declare on Sunday that this is your change for the week and you see what that looks like and you see how you can show up to it every day and you see where you get stuck and you just take note and you learn from your own actions without judgment because judgment isn't fun. And if you want to get a list of 101 other doable changes, you can go check those out at plansimplemeals slash 101. And I keep telling y'all that this is the last time I'm going to say that. I'm never going to stop doing doable changes. But at some point, I'm going to start sharing this amazing resource that we're having putting together for you guys to create your best day ever that relates much closer to the flow planner. So I'm super excited for that to come out, but you know what? I don't think I've put it as close to the top of my priority list as I need to, and it's not quite ready. All right, you guys, I will see you on the next episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. Bye for now. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Plan Simple podcast. If you loved what you heard, the biggest compliment you can give is to share the podcast with a friend. And if you really loved what you heard, if you want to go onto iTunes and subscribe, rate, and review, that really helps us get the best guests we can and improve the podcast so that we're serving up exactly what you want to hear. I will see you on the next episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. Bye for now.